With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weeknight from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern, 7 to 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every night on the iHeartRadio app by searching... FSR. This is the best of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon on Fox Sports Radio. Hobo. Greetings and welcome inside the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Let me start things off by saying this. I hate basketball. I, I You hate, loved it for about, uh, I, I don't know, basketball. 38, 39 minutes today. You know, the Knicks were up by 10 and then KD and Kyrie and Harden just catch fire. Oh, no, wait, none of them are playing. 
And now the Nets are leading the Knicks by three with a minute left to go. A starless, a starless, empty (laughs) void of a team. The Brooklyn Nets are beating the Knicks and all of their really great rotation players. 104-101. They're giving away the fourth quarter. Brooklyn's got 31 points. and, And the best player they're playing is Mike O'Corin. So this is a very difficult thing for me to swallow right here, Mike Harmon. Well, I don't understand why. It's the Knicks. Yeah, I know, but still. They had that interview with Thibodeau, and he seemed so poised, unless he didn't. He knew what was coming. This is just terrible. 31 from Julius Randle, 10, 22 from the field, 10 rebounds. Yeah, now he's playing great. Now Julius Randle's playing great. quickly off the bench. It doesn't matter. Everybody else stinks. Everybody Not else true. stinks. Oh, Mike Harmon, this is just oh, basketball. Five players for the Nets in, in double yeah. figures. A couple others just under at eight and nine. Yeah, so know, a lot of activity here in the fourth quarter to, yeah. well, stick a dagger in your heart. Oh, sure. It's going to be a big dagger, too. Be one of those real big ones like in Hamlet. That big dagger with the with the jagged edge on it goes all the way through you. That's what it's going to be. That's the kind of dagger yeah. it's going to be. I got to say, it's, it's a really good letterman's jacket that Ben Simmons is wearing on the sideline, though. That is quality. It's going to be like just burying a big hatchet in your head like it's Jason Voorhees at camp. Just boom. Look at you. hatchet. Now you're going to go through all the great knives in history. This is great. (sighs) All the knives and knives out. Let's let's rank. Here we go. Top five knives of all time. Well, football's over. It's time for the top five list, my friend. All right. What is your favorite knife, the cleaver, or is your favorite knife uh, the stiletto? Which is which is your favorite knife? The butterfly knife is a good one. There's the, that's uh, a good the one. steak that's knife. Not, that's not bad. You know, I, I always like one. Uh, the the a fish knife. The fish fish knife is yeah. good. You can. Screw well, I mean, you're gonna gut right people. There. You know, you you try to do it in the same fashion that you do a fish. Hey, and don't forget the butter knife is really underrated too. It might not be sharp, but boy, it'll put butter on your bread. Well, it depends on the butter knife that you got. I mean, I got a whole line of them where there's actually a serrated edge to it. So you Clearly got the, the butter knife effect on one side, and then if you really need to cut your bagel or whatever, you can get it done on the other. Then you go with the machete that only seems to be used in horror movies or when people are trying to cut a path through the jungle to escape. That's, That's the only point. time I've ever seen a machete used. Well, you know, it's, it's really a cinematic kind of knife. I mean, like, <laughs> a lot of drama. Because if you're walking around with one in your everyday life, you're probably not on the streets very much. Yeah, no, you're yeah, no, probably no, no, answering you're a lot of questions back. You're in the woods. Even if Wait, you haven't actually done anything yet, just brandishing one should probably uh, lead you into the who's cow. Yeah, yeah, look, you're waiting for teenagers to show up who have alcohol and drugs and they're hanging out. I got to have a care in the world. That's what you're waiting for. You're waiting for all that. But I was only here to try to steer them right. (laughs) The Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon, live from the Fox Sports Radio Studios. We'll have more on the NBA. Look, LeBron and the Lakers uh, back in action coming up in a few minutes against the Utah Jazz. Uh, Big night in the Olympics. United States gold medal game in hockey uh, for the women is coming up in about an hour or so but uh it's not often you get news from a team celebratory parade it's not often that happens usually in celebratory parade you get people saying hey we're gonna repeat you get people cursing and they you know clear that happened today but it's not often sure. you get news so you so wrapped up in the house party that was the rams parade that was complete it with, felt like everybody could actually yeah. fit in a house too uh dude it was it was great the rams parade was awesome i mean it wasn't as many people there as normally attend parades but it looked good on television no and that's had, just it right uh, yeah. tighten up those frames i've got friends uh-huh. that work over at the local nbc affiliate 
it. I know you were doing double duty. You left me behind and went and did some work in the afternoon uh, and talking to, you know, Fred Rogan locally and trying to get him to estimate. And he was not going to do that for you. No, he wasn't. You? I said, how many uh, people but, at this one? Uh... <laughs> less than a bread bowl. No, I mean, it was really <laughs> a, a good lesson in how you frame your coverage and, and how you you do your camera angles, except for the big wide, wide shot, which got the giant. Um, well, the racetrack is still there inside. Yeah, no, the well, look, in the Coliseum. So that, it, it's so a, that was kind of a bad a, look when you think you'd yeah. be the Pied Piper, you know, going into the Coliseum. No, you're going to the front steps. <laughs> but it was it was fun because, you know, Tim Cates, who, who did the uh, the hosting duties uh, before we came on earlier today, as you mentioned here on AM570, our, our station here in L.A., he said it was a very made-for-TV event, and, and it was because it looked good. The buses looked good. The, you know, every, everything uh, looked very clean, and it was just a parade attended by about half as many people as normally attend parades instead of half, being 10 you're being, being nice 10 rows deep well because everybody was at the coliseum so that was a thing with it with the thousands of people who were at the coliseum but usually instead of being 10 rows deep everybody was about five rows deep now i would have liked that because i could move move around a little bit and i could stretch out and it'd be okay great this, this is perfect and you know how many people didn't want to go because of covid or whatever reason sure. you know the rams are still you know you LA. might actually have to work yeah, you know, it could happen. But it, it looked really good on TV, and it looked like a big house party because it had everything you need. You get at a house party. It had people drinking in full view of everybody else. Oh, yeah. You had guys with their shirts off. People were cursing. It was like a big house party. It was the Rams house party come to life. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little uh, I'm inspired. I'm going to have to print out the photo of Aaron Donald and say, that's just it. I'm living in a gym. Yeah, that's and all it is. And my supplement intake will go up. And I'll buy myself a hyperbaric chamber. No, uh, it, it was it was a fun fun watch. Certainly a lot of screaming, as you said. There's news coming out. We'll get to that, you know, in a moment. But in, in the end, Robert Guerra put this out. Uh, producer for the Odd Couple put it up on Twitter, and I, I wholeheartedly agreed um, that as a grown man, why would you be at a parade? You know, don't you have a job? Like, don't you have other considerations? I thought it was kind of funny. A little tongue in cheek. I'm not quite to the uh, to the anger level, but I agree with them in, in theory. Parades are not my my thing, but you know, for those that wanted to celebrate and be there, and all power to them. For those that couldn't or just decided to listen to AM five seventy and the coverage you guys had and Tim had with Vassay, or you know, listening, um, watching it on television locally. However, you were consuming it, still pretty cool, and you're still a champion. No matter what. The one thing I did have to laugh about was uh, Mayor James Butts of Inglewood trying to call them the Los Angeles Rams of Inglewood. Yeah, L-A-R-I. The L-A-R-I. That the was, no, that was, that was bad, man. That, yeah. you know, they'll turn on you fast. Because wasn't he wearing a, a St. Louis jersey, too? Yeah, well, don't you think that was the whole thing? The Rams don't play in L.A. They play in Inglewood. I'm pretty sure he's wearing a St. Louis Rams jersey on purpose. Hey, yeah, I'm gonna troll he'll, he'll be voted out in the next May term. as well be St. Louis if you think you're Los Angeles. We're Inglewood. Yeah, okay. Okay, that's Someone fine. should have started the that's chant, fine. vote him out. Vote him out. <laughs> Stop the trolls. Uh, but like I said, it's very rare that you get news at the parade, and we got it today because – Rams head coach Sean McVay put Aaron Donald on the spot. Uh, as you're going to hear right now, this was part of the exchange as the players were on the dais speaking to the crowd. Aaron, Sean McVay just tapped me on the shoulder. He wanted to know if you were interested in running it back. 
Wait for McVeigh. Here comes McVeigh. Run it back! 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 Give it up for Aaron Donald! What a stud! Everything. Drunk. We 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 built the super team. We can bring the super team back. Why not run it back? We could be world champions. Yeah! <laughs> Drunken <laughs> frat bro, Sean McVay. <laughs> run it back. Run it. He's back. that 36-year-old member of insert fraternity here who decided to come back for homecoming weekend, and he just wasn't coming back to shake hands and meet the new kids. Nope. Oh, he was ready to go. That's gonna be the best drop that Ty Shirt's gonna play in the show. Run it back! Run it back from Sean McVay. Lee Mays open the end. Chug, 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 chug. Uh, but clearly, with him saying, hey, we could be world champions again, um, I- I'm pretty sure we just found out that McVay and Aaron Donald are coming back for this season. Because McVay is not saying run it back, run it back if he's leaving his head coach. And Aaron Donald is not agreeing to run it back if his plan wasn't to come back and play. All right, This is not a guy that's t- contemplating retirement. This is a guy saying, I got two more years of really getting paid. So, yeah, I want to run it back, and I'm, I'm ready to come back and win it again. Now we have to, we have, to have a discussion about finances. But, you know, clearly if, if I'm, you know, taking what we saw today, because this is pretty public about running it back from both of them, I would say at least least two more years from Aaron Donald because, you know, once you get to be 32, 33, are you going to get paid? Are you going to stay healthy? That becomes a difficult thing, but clearly the guy's still the best defensive player in the NFL and he's going to get big money the next two years. And for McVay, I always thought it was about the year after this. It was, we'll defend our title because the Rams can still bring guys in and go for it now mode. No, it doesn't look like they have a lot of money available, but they can clearly move some of that money into signing bonuses and clear cash right away. You got a couple of big contracts, dead money coming off the books so the Rams can still pick up guys and go for it mode they become a destination so yeah I I look at McVay as someone who it's this year and then he's going to the coaching booth for a couple years he's going to make money and make 18 million dollars a year and then he will wind up coming back to coaching at some point so after today I would say Donald two more years McVay one more be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you 
straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It was a 28-point lead. Yeah, but just don't, don't be mad at what 20, happened. You know, Be I, mad about what it once mm, was. It was a 28-point lead. Nope. Knicks can't beat the Nets who are playing without everybody. You know, I, you know what? I can't. Not without can't. everybody. They had guys in uniform. Because you know they what? Did. You go to they cheer did. to uniform. They had five Stars guys on the Stars are a nice uh, ancillary part of it. <laughs> the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon live from the Fox Sports Radio Studios. Uh, listen, a huge story. Earlier today in the National Football League comes out, the Dallas Cowboys paid $2.5 million to settle cheerleaders' voyeurism allegations against a senior team executive. Rich Dalrymple, longtime uh, head of Cowboys public relations, media relations, uh, was accused of taking video of some of the cheerleaders while they were changing at an event. The cheerleaders brought this concern to the Dallas Cowboys. There was no evidence that they could find of his cell phone or somebody else's. You had the testimony of the four cheerleaders involved in this, and you had the testimony of 
Rich Dalrymple and the Cowboys decided we are keeping Rich Dalrymple on until he until he abruptly retired uh, about a month ago, which maybe he knew this was coming out. This is a an allegation from about five years ago. So the Cowboys had to pay money to these cheerleaders to settle this voyeurism allegations, and boy, this is some kind of mess. Joining us now on the hotline to help us break it all down, you see him on Fox, CBS, ESPN, everywhere. Sports attorney, sports law professor at New York Law School. Dan Lust is with us. Dan, what's happening? My pleasure to join you guys. Certainly a busy day in the world of sports law. Uh, I will say as a, as a Knicks fan, I was smart enough to grab the Nets at plus 17 and a half. So uh, <laughs> oh. I should have grabbed the money line. I should have grabbed the money line. Thanks a lot. You just want to twist Nicely that knife. Done. You just little, want to twist that little knife. little in-game wagering. I, there we go. I, it's li- hey, it's legal in New York now, and I know my Knicks. They blow it every time, so we got to drop it somehow. <laughs> uh, you know, maybe that, maybe just do you bet against the Knicks every single time, and you wind up making money. Well, wait, wait till they get the big lead because That's we right. know the collapse is coming. Okay. <laughs> it's like the regular season. You can get 60 good games with Thibodeau. You ain't getting those last 22. <laughs> I know my team, fellas. I know my oh, team. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, boy, I should have grabbed it. Seven. Okay. So let's deal with this cowboy story here, Dan, for a couple minutes because I know this was kind of a shock. Not many people knew about the story until it just, you know, hit us all this morning. And – you know, seeing the story, it really boils down to a he said, he said kind of deal. He said, she said, because the, the, the four cheerleaders make this claim, but there was no evidence, but they have the testimony of them, and the Cowboys decided we're going to settle this and, and, pay, the, and pay the cheerleaders. Uh, they got about 30 or, or, or actually about nearly $400,000 each. Uh, what's your big takeaway from this story? Well, it's, it's a he said, she said type deal, maybe at the beginning, but once $2.4 million are paid out, it's not really he said, she said. That's, you know, for lack of a better term, that's some level of an admission of guilt. And I looked at the statement uh, today, and I, it was very, very odd statement. We'll say it's uncharacteristic. There's an expression, right? If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. What, what the comment was was that, you know, one of these was done by accident and the other one didn't happen. So I'm, I'm not sure, right? And you're talking about the cheerleader allegation. There's also the allegation that, uh, you know, we'll say an inappropriate photo was taken of uh, Jerry Jones's daughter at the 2015 draft. So I don't know which one he's referencing was accidental and which one didn't happen. I do know that $2.4 million was paid out for these 2015 incidents. So, you know, at a certain point, right, we can look across the sports law landscape. Deshaun Watson, you know, that case is still going on. He hasn't paid them to go away. Uh, and he's still fighting uh, in some sense for, for his innocence here. But the second a payment is made of $2.4 million dollars, um, guys, I've been on the prosecution side. I've been on, on the defense side. Uh, that that seems to be some admission that something occurred, that you're willing to pay that much to make it go away. That's not a nuisance uh, settlement, something that like ten grand or fifteen grand to go away. That's hush money. That's a confidentiality agreement uh, that this thing was never supposed to see the light of day. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think we can quite say it's he said, she said at this point. Yeah, I was wondering where that line was being drawn, as you said that, Dan, of pragmatism. You know, in terms of lengthening, you know, whether it's Deshaun Watson, right? Because reportedly of the 22 cases, 18 uh, were were close to being finalized, but the other four were held out. I mean, you know, as a prosecutor, how, how do you, you know, try to figure out where, where that number is and, and, and how to push? Yeah, so there's always something when you have this settlement, and I, and I do my work now on the civil side. So there's something... First off, for anyone the defense side is going to make is something called nuisance, right? The amount of money to make the case go away. 
so, you know, I think in Watson's case, it's, I think the numbers being floated around were high five figures, low six figures originally. Um, you know, you've got to figure out what, what seems right. $2.4 million uh, is by no means a nuisance settlement, right? That, that's a big number. And maybe part of it is because it's the Dallas Cowboys, and maybe part of it's just the sensitivity of the allegations. But, you know, you as a, as a large company, and I've worked for many, you don't, get, you don't get to where you are by just paying everybody off. It sets a really bad precedent that anybody can come after you and you'll pay them. So you only pay the claims that are the, you know, I think that have some teeth to them that you're worried about in some sense. So, you know, uh, that's with Watson, right, in some sense. He's got to pick his spots. And I, I think if he wanted to settle this case, he could. When it comes to the Cowboys situation, I mean, look no further. You could stay in the NFC East, right? Look what's happening with Washington. All those skeletons coming out of the closet. There's a real conversation within NFL circles if Dan Snyder's going to keep his team. I mean, that's why you pay $2.4 million. So something like this never sees the light of day. Is this something, Dan, where it, this is, you can understand now why Jerry Jones was adamant, hey, Daniel Snyder shouldn't lose his team because we want to make sure that if, if they come for one of us for some reason, they could come for another one of us, so we're going to all stay together on things like this? A hundred percent. You can say that with Dan Snyder, I followed the St. Louis Rams case very closely with Stan Kroenke, you know, now hosting the Lombardi Trophy. There were allegedly some, some bad emails uh, with respect to uh, Kroenke, how, how the team was able to leave St. Louis. That was a really messy case about allegations of fraud to relocate the team to Los Angeles. And there was kind of, you know, you know lack of a better term, right, an iron shield that they put up, and they didn't want to allow access to anything. Um, and people are saying, why are you standing with Stan Kroenke? He's not a good guy. Why are you standing with Dan Snyder? He's not a good guy. Because if the tables are turned, you'd hope those other 31 NFL owners would have your back. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that's Goodell's job. Um, and uh, we can stay in Washington, right? And it's maybe a similar situation is going to be borne out in, in Dallas. But there was a kind of a farce, we'll call it an independent investigation. Roger Goodell said, hey, we're going to look into Washington. We got this. We're going to, you know, we're going to figure out what happened. And then it turned out Congress started poking around, and it turned out that basically Goodell had hired lawyers to protect Washington. It wasn't an independent investigation. So, yeah, the NFL is in the business of protecting themselves. And, and can you really blame them, right? It's, it's a fraternity, and, uh, you know, I think they're, they're in business for themselves. Well, it takes me right to one of the other fraternity brothers in Stephen Ross. Lawsuit filed by Brian Flores, 58 pages. Some of it I thought redundant. If I was grading it as a paper, I would have had to excise a number of those pages, Dan. But uh, it, it called for a lot of measures and also said, all right, here's the rest of the teams who may or may not be you know, part of this on a larger scale. Um, how quickly do we expect this to push forward and how big does it get before we get to a resolution? So I think the last question you asked is the main one. How big does it get? Right now, this, this case is positioned as a class action lawsuit. I'm not sure if it sticks there. Um, you know, I think the reason that Brian Flores filed it as a class action was for the amount of attention it could bring. When you have guys uh, like Hugh Jackson speaking up or Marvin Lewis speaking up, if those guys were to join the, the suit, obviously that adds uh, maybe a couple extra zeros to the case, and that's probably why the lawyers took it. If you position this as a class action lawsuit with tens, if not hundreds of, um, you know, uh, African-American coaching candidates and general managers, uh, this case could get very big. And then all of a sudden, you know, you look at Colin Kaepernick, right? He was one guy against 32 teams. Uh, same thing with Kurt Flood in Major League Baseball back in the day. If you align, you know, uh, tens if not hundreds of plaintiffs on the left side against the NFL, the 32 teams, that's a case that we have not seen before. So 
if the, the class gets certified, this case could get very big, and it's not going away that quickly. Um, just from a legal standpoint, you can't settle a class action lawsuit that quickly without um, you know, having the interest of the rest of those class members and allowing people time to join. Um, on the other sense, right, uh, the NFL is going to move to dismiss. Uh, they're going to move to kick this case to arbitration. So we're going to start seeing some action, um, some fireworks over there. Um, to the point you raised earlier, I, I think uh, the lawsuit was very long, right, 58 pages. Some of this stuff I don't necessarily think was that relevant, Stephen Ross's allegation being one of them. At the end of the day, if you showed me a check for $100,000 and the memo line said, to Brian Flores for losing in week one, <laughs> it doesn't, you know, it's smoke and gun, but guys, it doesn't prove racial discrimination. So you're right. talking about exercising some pages, uh, and you guys know I'm the professor of uh, sports law at New York Law School. I think he could rip that page out. I don't think it had anything to do with the lawsuit. Certainly very relevant, but uh, you know, I, I don't think it proves proves the case one way or the other. All right, Dan, lastly, we, we saw some rumors today that uh, Deshaun Watson has some destinations in mind for where he could get traded to. It, and, and Minnesota is a team potentially he'd be looking at. Just the fact that we're seeing these kinds of stories now, are we going to be close to some kind of resolution soon? Because I feel like it's been months of nothing. That, you know, we, we got the story, and it was, it was big, and it was proceeding, and then there's been nothing for, I, I want to feel like, three months on it. What, what's, what's going on right now? Yeah, so from a procedural standpoint, the depositions of the plaintiffs, and that's the, the 21 accusers here, these, these are supposed to get done by the Super Bowl, and I think scheduling and whatnot, I think still a couple are left. I'm hearing uh, from my, my sourcing in Houston that, that Watson's deposition is going to be pushed uh, from February maybe to April. Um, so, you know, I, I think you're going to want to see what Watson has to testify. Cases settle on the courthouse steps right before trial. But sometimes they settle right before, right after depositions. So, you know, Watson doesn't want to go on the record and, and be worried about, um, you know, this guy, Tony Busby, the attorney for these accusers, leaking maybe some messy portions of his testimony. He's maybe inclined to get it settled. I, I still don't buy that this uh, that Watson's going to get traded so quickly. I think the trade window opens back up mid-March. I don't see the case uh, being settled or resolved by that point in time. And there was, uh, I won't, won't get too graphic here, but there was a, an accuser that amended her complaint recently to add some, um, we'll say some more serious allegations that hadn't been put out there before. And that was uh, a revised lawsuit that was filed, I think, about a week and a half ago. So if Tony Busby's allowing someone to do that, to make the case a little bit messier, a little bit more uncomfortable, uh, that's a sign that they're not that close to settlement. So that, that's just my, from my vantage point, what I'm seeing. You can see him on Fox Sports, CBS, ESPN, sports attorney, sports law professor at New York Law School. And if you want to know when the Knicks are going to lose a game, Dan is your guy. Hit him up to know the optimal time to make an in-game bet. Dan, as always, appreciate your time, my friend. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. My pleasure. Anytime. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller, along with my trusty sidekick, David Gascon. Would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. 
old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> Another four hours coming up here, Fox Sports Radio, because we got to run it back. I could just listen to that for the entire show. Just Sean McVay yelling, run it back like a lunatic. Now, here's the question. <laughs> what do you think of his, is his drink of choice? Ooh, okay. Uh, well, I'll play along. I'm going to say, let's see, Coach, but, but he's 36. Uh, Natty Light. No. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say, now you're a coach in the NFL, you're getting paid a lot of money, champagne. Okay, so you decided he went full on champagne for this one. Yes, I'm going champagne. Okay, Why am yeah, I, right? I, I don't, I don't know. Was I, I right was with asking, Natty Light? Yeah, I was just asking, just generally. And folks oh, have a thought. Why, why at, are you asking? Me? You don't know the answer. To the it question. was a rhetorical question an of how. Well, because he's drunk off his ass. I mean, look at the eyes and the allegedly, picture that his fiance put up there. You, you yeah, asked, I'll say allegedly. You asked but, a question and you paused like you were looking for an answer. When oh, you I am trying to look for an, for an answer. answer. But I so thought I you'd you, come up with something whimsical in the interim. I said Natty Light. I mean, come on, Natty Light's pretty good. It's like seven dollars well, for a case. For above like bar bottles. No, that's a good that's a good value these days. With yeah. inflation pinching our wa- our, our wallets and, and stealing extra dimes at the pump at the grocery store. I feel you. I am every man uh here in the United States. I feel you. So getting that seven dollar case of beer is very important. Mm. And I, I did I said it wrong though. It's it's natty light. Like nobody says natty light. light. It's a natty light. It's natty light. <laughs> Like it's L U Y T light. No, it's a natty light. light. That's that. No matter where you live, they say it with that accent. Natty, it's a natty light. That was pretty light. well done there. Natty light. Like I would say, what are you like? Oh, Coors Light. It's not Coors Light, but it's natty light. <laughs> I don't know why, but it just is. All right, natty now you're light. obsessing, but that's natty good. Light, natty light, natty light. Shot uh, in a beer. <laughs> <laughs> right now, U.S. and Canada women's gold medal game. Ice hockey in the Olympics. United States scored to cut the deficit to 3-1, to one, but that's where it remains right now. Just over 10 minutes to go in the third period. Canada with a 3-1 to one lead over the U.S. The game has been a little chippy. There's been a lot of trash talk going on. Uh, so it's been kind of fun, but the United States uh, really, they need a goal sometime in the next few minutes to make this uh, an, an attainable game because uh, two-goal lead at this point, you start pressing, you start trying a lot of things, and it can turn into a three-goal game really fast so the next three four minutes for the united states is absolutely critical uh if they do score we'll let you know we'll keep you updated on this again gold medal game women's ice hockey uh but tonight in the nba tonight tonight a natty light tonight a natty light a light natty light tonight a natty light well that could be a rap song um sure some big stories out of the NBA, and there's three big ones to, to lead off. Number one, we talked about this a few minutes ago, the Lakers without Anthony Davis, who goes out with a sprained ankle. The injury looked horrendous, but x-rays are negative. Lakers beat the Jazz 106-101. They're feeling pretty good going into the All-Star break. Eh, maybe we can make it happen. Just stop. 
On the other side, I don't of the know. Court, Magic's fired up. James Worthy is fired up. Oh, what did Magic? It's first time mean? James Worthy's been fired up since that Celtics win a while back. See, I told you. Look, Worthy and Magic and all those guys. You can't just keep riding the lightning of one day it's great. <laughs> it ain't healthy, man. Awful. You can't. It ain't healthy. It. That's bad. You can speak from experience. I can speak from experience. You just can't. Yeah, this is my man. year. White Sox, yo. <laughs> Magic. Magic went from this is the worst loss in Laker history like five days ago to. This was the best game of the season and a come-from-behind victory over the Jazz. It's, guys, you can't do this. You can't keep riding the edge of that envelope where it's either the, the greatest thing in the world or the worst, and you can't do it. I'm telling you from experience, I can't help it with the Mets. It's just how I made, but at least I recognize that I shouldn't be doing that. That's how it, but you, you can't live life that way. You, you yeah, know, it's man, just, it's it just ain't game, healthy. Man. It's one game. You can't do it. You cannot do it. So I can say tonight, boy, tonight was maybe the worst loss in Knicks history. This was a absolutely horrendous loss. And I'm, this is not, oh, Jason, now you, no, no, no. The Knicks continually show there is no such thing as rock bottom. You can always find a tool that will help you dig a little bit deeper. They blow a 28-point lead tonight to the Nets. They're up 28, but mm-hmm. then KD and Kyrie and Harden just kept, oh, no way, They I'm really sorry. cheered loudly. None of them played. None of them. Ben Simmons didn't play. None of them played. Jason Kidd didn't play. Buck Williams didn't play. None of them played. Wow. And you somehow, got Buck Williams. You like that, right? He was Nicely so solid. done. He was so solid. Uh, this, look, a few days ago, we had the most embarrassing loss in Lakers history. Right, clearly, what? Yet all the experts we've had on the show. Yes, this is probably the worst loss in franchise history. Losing to the Blazers with no players after the trade deadline in an uninspired effort. Tonight may be the worst loss in Knicks history because you are up twenty-eight points against the Nets, who don't have anybody because all their stars are out or they're not playing for them yet, and they still found a way to give it away and lose to the Nets. It it, it makes no sense, right? I mean, it was it's just absolutely awful. And and there's no excuse for it. This is the worst. This is the worst loss I've seen the Knicks have maybe ever. And there's a reason why it's the number one trending topic on Twitter. The Knicks are because this loss just was that bad. And I'll tell you what. I told you in the beginning when the Knicks hired Tom Thibodeau that he was a guy with a shelf life and it was going to be three years because that's what happens, right? Tibbs goes to a team, he turns them around, but then eventually he goes. He's kind of like the NBA's version of Bill Parcells where I'm going to show up someplace and it's going to be only a couple of years and a couple of years are going to be great. One of the years might not be, then I'm leaving, right? Because I'm going to piss too many people off. But that's Tom Thibodeau. And I said, I remember saying to you, dude, I'll be worried about Thibodeau in year three after we've been to the playoffs a couple of times. No, now it looks like it's going to be the playoffs once, one win, and that's it. Because yeah. this, he's not making it past this season. Because watching this game tonight, the one thing you saw from the Nets the last few minutes was all the hustle plays they won. They won, they won plays to loose balls. They won plays to spot open and get, and get open for shots. They just out-hustled the Knicks. This is their third straight 20-point blown loss that the Knicks have had, where they've just stopped and they just don't have any energy and they have zero desire at the end of a game and they get out-hustled by the other team. Okay, I told you this Thibodeau wasn't going to make it at the after the end of this year. He was going to be gone because this year has gone so badly and you can't simply just bring him back and run it back and think it's going to work. You're not going to run it back. Run it back. You're not going to run it back with the same group and think, oh, we'll make a minor roster tweak. You're also not going to come back with a different superstar and think he's going to work with Tom Thibodeau. Not going to happen. So Tibbs was going to go at the end of this year. Now, I don't know that he makes it to the end of the year because things are so bad right now and clearly 
when, when you're not trying at the end of games, this is where, as a coach, you've lost the team. And, and Tibbs has lost the team. There's already been reports of, of them chafing under him and, and how you're going to go forward. I don't know. This is going to be a brutal last 20, 25 games because the schedule is one of the hardest in the National Basketball Association. I don't know how you get past this. I don't know how Tibbs makes it to the end. Because if you continually have games like this where the team just quits, I mean, you really are you going to just have, the, have it be that embarrassing for the rest of the way? Or are you going to at least try to stop the bleeding and keep some players happy? The guys you want to keep, you want to Maybe you think Julius Randle is on his way back. He's starting to play a little bit better. But you got to be able to say, okay, if we're going to make a change of coach, we got to make sure we keep the players. And we don't want guys at the end of the year to go, I want out. I'm not coming back here. Well, wait a minute. We're making a change of coach. Doesn't matter. I want out, right? You're James Harden, Ben Simmons. No, you've completely screwed me, so I want out. Because you have to worry about that now in the NBA. You can't just say, well, don't worry. At the end of the year, we're going to move on from this coach. We're going to have a new coach come in. Things are going to be great. That player is going to go, okay. Then they're going to talk to their friends and they're going to talk to their advisors. And they're going to say, you got to get out. You don't know they're going to hire the right guy. You don't know what they're going to do. And you're still playing for this guy that you don't like anymore. And then at the end of the season, that player says, yeah, you're right. I want out. I'm not playing here anymore. And then you're stuck in a Ben Simmons situation or where you're a star player who refuses to go play for that team. So you can't. You can't just say, well, can we ride it out to the end? No, because you're risking pissing off so many players that you want them to buy in. Is Julius Randle going to say, I'm not playing here anymore? Well, wait a minute. We signed you to money and we think you're a pretty good piece. And now, now you're upset. You can't risk that. I really, I don't know that Tibbs makes it to the end of the season. And this next few, this next week, if the Knicks come back from the from the All-Star break and they're still playing dead from the neck up, Tibbs is going to be gone. And it's going to be somebody else in there. They'll call Mike Woodson and say, Mike, come on. I know you like Indiana, but come on back, man. You're the last guy to win some playoff games with us. Uh, so why don't you come back, man? Come back. The Knicks will make that change and, and Tom Thibodeau will not be the coach. I think the Indiana people might want to do that now. Oh, see, but Uncle uh, Wabi was been a, guest a tough run, show. buddy. It, but know, he was a guest uh, on the show, and I was yeah, saying I nice know, things about and, him. And, like, and, and you still told him all about the hex of what was going to come. You just didn't I know did when those him. losses would start piling up on him. Yeah, I did warn him about that, though. I did warn yeah, him. Yeah, you, you, you did. did. You, you soothsayer Smith was at I it again. <laughs> I uh, did once warn again. <laughs> but, <laughs> but when you look at your squad, right, you talk about, you know, quitting – or just looking around going, all right, here we go again, and, and the, the pucker effect being all too real. According to Tankathon, that's right, tankathon.com, <laughs> the strength of schedule remaining, number one, Milwaukee, number two, Chicago, and then number three is the Lakers. Sorry, Laker fans. And number four are your Knicks. Mm. The strength of schedule, the winning percentage of their remaining teams, about 53%. So still a lot of work to be done. And it's hard, right? You get those little glimpses and outbursts, right? Randall not wanting to be coached and kind of slapping away the little video board and the assistant coach. You've had some injuries. You brought in some new players ahead of the deadline, thinking that was reinvigorate this squad. Instead, you've got a lot of guys looking around confused, trying clearly not uh, communicating the tenets of the uh, – Tom Thibodeau defensive structure and what they're trying to accomplish uh, quite so well. So I, I got to imagine it's kind of like the Lakers. You look at the bench and you go, all right, we we kind of have to finish with the guy in charge, right? Because otherwise Frank Vogel probably would have been deposed at some point in this Lakers season. <laughs> with the Knicks, I think Thibodeau, it, it runs its course 
for good, bad, or ugly, and and then you're reshuffling that entire organization again. Listen, there's been no good. There's been no bad. There's just been ugly. Okay, it's just one out of three. It's been ugly. If this was me, it wouldn't be the good, the bad, the ugly. It'd just be the ugly. That's what it would go. It's yeah, I mean, ugly. it used to be two out of three ain't bad. Mm, Shout out, okay. Meatloaf. There was there, yeah. But uh, yeah, right now you're you're looking at a squad that. You know, hanging on for dear life, and he's trying to push all the buttons. and And you watch him even in those dopey mid mid game interviews, and he's trying to be nice, but he's looking at the reporter like, "Really? What I'm going through? We're we're going through some stuff right now. We're in hell." Because you look at the Knicks, all of a sudden, two and eight in their last ten, now nine games under five hundred, and a full three and a half games back of the ten spot, Atlanta Hawks. So a lot of road to go. And as we found out from our friends at Tankathon, uh, fourth hardest schedule remaining. Oh, man. And, and, you know, listen, earlier tonight, a great moment. If you missed it, it's on the podcast. Uh, we had Dan Lust on, who's a sports yeah. attorney, and talked to us about the latest news involving the, look, the Cowboys voyeurism case and, you know, what could happen now for Deshaun Watson. And, you know, we mentioned the Knicks game, and, and we go to him, and he comes on, and he goes, hey, as a Knicks fan, I want to tell you, in mid-game tonight, I took the Nets getting 17 and a half and I won. <laughs> How great was that? First thing Wrong you know, on 100 levels, but it was fantastic. I know when the Knicks are going to blow it. So he won a lot of money tonight because <laughs> he had the Nets in a mid-game bet. Well, the best is that you know, you, now you start getting into different hedge situations. Like There's so much you can do oh, with a game like you. that. Mm. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.